0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. Today I am really excited because I have a special guest with me. Maura Thomas is here and she has been a guest on the show before, gosh, I don't know, about a year and a half ago. And the second part that's exciting is we're not doing this interview by Skype. We're actually doing it live in Maura's studio. And so this is kind of exciting. We have beautiful art behind us. Uh, We're being videoed by her husband, Sean. And you've got to find the snippets of this if you're listening to this in audio, because the art is Sean's art, and it is absolutely amazing. But the reason we're here today is because Mora is releasing a brand new book, and the book is called Attention Management, How to Create Success and Gain Productivity Every Day. Now, Maura, you have been an expert in attention management since before the term really even existed. So welcome to the show.
1: Thanks. I'm so happy to be here.
0: So tell us about Attention Management, the book. Tell us what made this happen.
1: For sure. I have just found that we are in this time where time is not our problem. We all have the same 24 hours in a day. Everybody's always had the same 24 hours in a day. And so if, as long as we keep phrasing our challenges as time management, I think that's really puts us behind the eight ball because, um, because time isn't our problem. We can't slow it down. We can't get more of it. Everyone always has the same amount. Our problem today is distraction. And distraction is making us frazzled and frustrated and like we can't even hold a thought in our head. We can't really engage our brain in a meaningful way. And so the book, I started writing about this around 2009 is when I started to think about it. And so, and it's been a theme of all my books, but I'm really excited to have the book on attention management.
0: So here's the interesting thing. When you say attention management, and you and I have been friends a long time, I've heard you talk about this for a long, long time, it sounds so simple and like, well, duh, of course, but it's really not that simple, is it?
1: In some ways it is. I think about attention management as not just focus, which is what some people think. Well, if I'm managing my attention, then I'm focusing. But I think it's more than that. It's a, I think of attention management as a, uh, the practice of a collective amount of behaviors. Things like um, not only focus, but mindfulness and presence and flow and the ability to know what brain state you're in and to sort of switch according to what you need, the, the resources that you need to marshal in that moment, whether it's presence in a conversation or your brain power for the task at hand, but to understand where you are and to marshal the right state of mind to maximize that moment.
0: So you bring up something that always gets me excited, and that you said sort of being in the flow. And I've interviewed a lot of entrepreneurs on my podcast, and many of them talk about that they're, when they're really in that flow state, they're excelling. But how does someone even get there?
1: Yeah. Flow is not a place that we can get to, right? We can't say to our brain, I will now be in flow, <laughs> right? It just doesn't work that way. Flow is a state that if you are focusing, if you are re- working really, really hard and staying focused, then you might flip into flow state. It's a thing that your brain does all on its own. Flow state is a place where the part of your brain that recognizes you in time and space, right? Like I'm sitting in this chair and it's kind of cool in here and I wonder what time this is going to be done and like, right, right, I'm hungry, all those things. All that disconnects. You don't have any sense of that and you are fully immersed in the task at hand and time just seems to fly and your highest and best self comes out.
0: So... I struggle with that because I'm the person when you, you know, the old saying, oh, we're talking about squirrel and you're off on the other direction. I am. And you know this because we're friends. I am notorious for squirrels taking me out of the other way. What can people do when they suffer from squirrel syndrome to sort of get that attention management handled?
1: Yeah, there's there are many ways to manage your attention and to sort of recognize that the state that you're in. One of them is that you have to take control of your environment, right? If you are in a place with a lot of distractions, then it's really hard to stay focused if you're in a busy open office, right? You need to um, give your colleagues that, signal that you would prefer not to be disturbed. I think about it as riding a bike, right? You start to build up the momentum, right? You're pedaling and you're pedaling and you get some momentum and you're ready to start cruising and boom, you got to hit the brakes, right? And it's like, it's the same thing with your brain power. You start to focus, you start to get into something, you know, you get your head into something, your brain is kind of wrapped around it and you're in it. And then somebody goes, hey, Tom. Squirrel. Yeah, exactly. And no matter how much focus you had in that moment, no matter how much momentum, poof, it is gone. As soon as somebody says, Hey, Tom, or do you have a minute? Or can I talk to you for a sec? Or whatever it is they say, um, then, then it's gone. And so controlling your environment is one of the many steps that I outline in the book.
0: So I think this is hard for entrepreneurs because we wear so many hats and we have so many things going on and we have to sort of be chief bottle washer on top of everything else. But there's a lot of terms that sort of flow around this whole area that you call attention management. We talk about productivity, we talk about time management, and you sort of led into this in the intro, but, but I know that you don't love the term time management. And yet, you know, so many times we see that as like a top thing that entrepreneurs are looking for. Oh my God, I have to have time management. So why don't you love that term?
1: I just think it sets us back. We think about managing our time. If only I could manage my time better. But really, managing your time means at a certain time, I'm going to do a certain thing. But even if you manage your time and you say, okay, it's 9 o'clock, I'm going to do that thing, but if... If you don't also control your attention when you're doing that thing, if you're called away by every squirrel, right, then the time will still pass. You can't stop it. Every you, It's not like you can hit pause on time when you get distracted and then say, okay, now, now I'm back at it. So the time still passes. And so how you spend your time only matters if you're also managing your attention.
0: So entrepreneurs get stressed out. Stress is a big part of this. So if I'm good at attention management, does that help me with stress management?
1: For sure, because every time we get distracted, it's like that momentum, right? We get that mem- Imagine how frustrated you would get if every time you got some momentum on that bike, boom, brakes, brakes breaks, right? Every time you built up some opportunity to sort of cruise and like, I'm in this now and here I go, then you, then you have to hit the brakes. It's frustrating. It takes much more effort. It takes much more time to get where you're going. And you feel like you just, you know, kind of want to give up. And it's the same thing when you're trying to engage your brain power and get into that, that deep, uh, that place of deep focus and, um, and, and it, perhaps even flow, it gets frustrating. And you feel like you can't even hold your, a thought in your head for more than a couple of minutes at a time. And so that's stressful. So, attention management really lowers your stress for sure.
0: So, if I was to go buy your book, which I already have one in my hand, so I don't have to, but if someone else was to go buy your book, what are some of the key messages that they're going to find in this book?
1: So many things. The first is about how we are sabotaging ourselves because I think a lot of people don't recognize that the behaviors that we engage in usually come about um, out of necessity over time without a lot of intention. And so we just sort of figure out how to get things done, but it's not always the best way. Like many people tell me, if only, you know, if it weren't for multitasking, I wouldn't get anything done. <laughs> and the truth is, you would get so much more done faster and better if you didn't multitask. And so we. Um, we allow all these distractions. And and so we don't even realize that some of our habits are, are sabotaging, are, um, I call it our ability to unleash our genius, right? Because to bring your full self, not just your wisdom and your experience, but also your, your humor and your kindness and your compassion and your empathy, all that things, those things that make you, you, your unique gifts, you can't really marshal them Um, for the moment at hand when you are, when you do it and try try to do it in two minute increments. So it talks about how we sabotage ourselves, how practicing attention management will help you, how exactly to practice attention management. Every chapter has tips. Um, You know, here's some action steps that you can do right now to get better at this. So it's really comprehensive and it's still only, um, it's from Impact Reads, which um, is about uh, Spark impact in just one hour. So it's designed to be consumed really fast. It's a really easy read.
0: Yeah. It's a nice, it's a nice size book. It's not something that's going to overwhelm me.
1: Why don't you show the folks, Tom?
0: (laughs) If you're watching on video, here's the book, right? If if you're listening, just imagine a perfect size book. Absolutely. It's a short
1: book. It's got uh, pictures. It's a, it's a quick and easy read. It has, um, you know, lots of, um, important points, um, highlighted and bolded so that you can sort of skim through and, and, and get uh, just what you need when you need it. There's also an index in the back so that when you're like, what was that thing she said about how, how, what are those tips to control my environment? You can just flip to the back, look at the index. It will tell you exactly where to find it.
0: So a lot of people who manage teams have problems, and they talk to me about this when I I talk to people about sort of workplace potential. One of the problems people have is that their employees are unfocused. Their employees are all over the map. So can this book help leaders be able to bring some focus and bring some attention management to their team?
1: Absolutely, because part of the reason that the team is so... Unfocused often is because of the environment at the organization. It's very tech heavy. Everybody's got emails coming in. Um, sometimes leaders give um, messages that don't that actually sabotage the team's ability to do their best work. For example. Um, you you know, we need to respond quickly. Fast response times equals good customer service. And so when we sort of convey that message that we need to be responsive, that means fast response times. If fast is good, then immediate is best, right? And if immediate is best, then people have to have their communication tools open all the time, interrupting them every few minutes, because every few minutes we get an email or a text or a chat or a, you know, notification. And so, um, so So really getting clear about what we mean about good customer service, because good customer service is really thoughtfully solving people's problems, not just immediately answering them. So that's one of the ways that leaders can think about, can use the ideas in the book to improve the culture at their organization.
0: Well, let's go a little deeper into that. If somebody works for a company where it's you must respond now, you must have your phone with you at all times, and things like that, what can the individual do if that's the message that's coming from above? Is there anything that the person can do if they're not the manager?
1: Yeah, I think there is. You know, I think one thing is about is to have a conversation about about um, if you are a knowledge worker, right? You were hired. Because of your brain power, right? Because of all the experience you have, the wisdom that you have. And so you need the opportunity to marshal those resources in the service of that job. And in order to do that, you need – I mean, the things that I say when I work with leaders is, does the work that your people do at your organization ever require more than two minutes of sustained attention, (laughs) right? And they laugh, but it's true that we put them in an environment where they often can't get it. And so I think that argument is really easy to make as as an employee is to say, "Look, there I, you know I have this report to write. It would be really great if I could just have an uninterrupted thirty minutes or forty five minutes um, to get this thing done and get it done fast and get it done well. I think that's that's a really easy case to make.
0: So I know in my own career, in my own life, one of the problems I face is that sometimes there's tasks that are very important that I have to get done. And yet I dread them partially because where am I going to find that uninterrupted hour to do it? Secondly, because it's just not my favorite thing to do. So how can people deal with that? Is that something you address in the book?
1: I do. Um, I address that in all of my books, actually. But in this one in particular, because, you know, you'll get it done faster and better if you just put yourself in that little sort of attention management bubble where you don't allow any interruptions. But another thing is that we often put things on our list. We write things down in a way that isn't really clear. We'll say something like work on the report, right? <laughs> or, or um, you know plan the event or something, but we don't, it's, you can't do that. You can't plan an event in one sitting you know, what does work on the report mean? Are you editing the report? Are you writing it from scratch? Do you need to talk to anybody else about it? So I think getting really specific allows us to have the right task at hand. And so then when we sit down to do it, we can say, okay, for the next 20 minutes, I'm going to do just this. We can close out our email, put our phone on do not disturb. We know exactly the outcome of that task. You can set a timer. And then what, you, what might happen is that once you get in it, right, the timer goes off, but you're like, yeah, but I'm, I'm almost done. I'm just going to crank the rest out right now. And then not only do you get more important work done, but you feel more satisfied at the end of the day because you're like, I did that and I did that and I did that. And I feel like I checked things off my to-do list. And so you feel satisfied and you, and therefore you enjoy your job more.
0: So let's go backwards in your career a little bit. So you have been really focused, kind of obsessed about this topic for as long as I've known you, which is easily probably 10 years. And when I think of attention management, I think Maura Thomas is the expert out there. If you Google uh, some of these terms, an article you wrote many years ago for Harvard Business Review comes out sort of on top. But how did you get to being sort of this expert on attention management? What's your background?
1: Uh, Well, thanks for saying all those nice things. I appreciate it. Um, I have been in the productivity industry for uh, from my first job out of college was for a company that sold paper based planners.
0: Like like the, the kind that we all carried around before our phones had calendars?
1: Exactly, with the leather you know, the leather binders with the zipper that, you know, gave you back problems that
0: I loved my I loved mine. I miss having the big paper calendar with the zipper because being unfocused and not having good attention management, I could cram everything into it and just zip it up and it was fine.
1: Exactly. Exactly. I loved mine too. I did. Um, But I made, I worked at that organization for almost a decade and then, and got a really deep knowledge of the productivity industry, not only in the U.S., but what everybody was teaching at every other company all around the world. And so I got a really deep education. And then I started my business in 2003, um, helping people with this these productivity skills. And then, you know, around 2008, 2009, that's when I started to realize, man, now that we all have the world in our pocket, you know, with our internet connected devices, in our in, at our fingertips, literally, right? It's just so hard. And the better and better these um, technologies get at stealing our attention, the harder it is for us and the more sort of um, compelled, the more distracted we are, the more distracted we become, right? And so, um, so that's when I started in working with my customers and just realizing, you know, distraction is everybody's problem. It's such a challenge. That's when I started to realize, well, why are we still calling this time management then? Because Because if distraction is our problem, time management isn't our solution. Attention management is. So it's, yeah, it's sort of been a focus for, as you said, for a a while, I've been reading obsessively psychology and neuroscience and and how this technology affects the brain. And it's been really enlightening and really fun.
0: So you started your own business and you said 2003. So what are the biggest changes you've seen in the world of productivity? Going back to the time of those paper-based planners, what are the biggest changes that you've seen from how we deal with attention management?
1: Yeah. uh, Well, before we all had the world at our fingertips, distraction was a much more manageable problem, right? It was like the phone on your desk or another person in your office. And those things were pretty manageable, right?
0: My my wife couldn't text me while I was working on something if she wasn't in the office and if I had the phone turned off.
1: That's right. That's right. So, um, So it was much easier to get things done. You could put your phone on, do not disturb. A lot of people had receptionists back then. We all had Offices with walls and doors, right? We could close a door, you know. So it it was a lot easier back then. Um, as 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 you said, you know, I loved my paper based planner also. But once and and making the switch, I will tell you, making the switch from paper to electronics was painful and it was ugly.
0: I was at the National Speakers Association conference, and so are you. And they actually talked about someone who still used their paper planner, they didn't keep it all on their phone. And even I, who was late to make the move to a digital calendar, almost gasped. Are there still people out there?
1: There are. And I think really um, you can, you need the right kind of planner. Most planners are just a calendar with some extra pages in them. And that's really a time-based system, right? So that, that doesn't help so much. I think you can you can still manage the details of your life in a paper-based planner, but I think it's it's so much harder. You know, like I said, it was ugly to make the switch. It was painful. It was horrible. But the benefit is that I've done that for my clients. And so now I can spare them that that pain and just tell them, you know, this is how you can do it. It's not painful. It's pretty easy. I lay it out step-by-step. Step. And, and once I did make the switch, I realized how you know, I mean, the productivity gains were just exponential. So, so, you know, paper, paper has its place. I'm a big fan of paper. I think we still need to handwrite in order to help us learn. Um, But storing and managing and organizing the details of your life is not the place for paper.
0: So you have been a leader out there speaking and doing workshops inside companies for well over a decade. And, you know, how receptive are people when the company hires you to do a one or two day workshop because you do a lot of those or when they find out, oh, our keynote speaker is going to be talking about your attention. How responsive are the audiences to, to you coming in and talking to them?
1: For the most part, I can tell you it is like water in the desert for mm-hmm. most people. <laughs> I think um, people are, are really feeling it. They're really feeling the pain of of, um, distraction and that frazzled, um, flustered kind of feeling that we have, um, at the end of a, of a day where we feel like I was busy all day. I am exhausted. And yet I, I feel like I still didn't get the most important stuff done. And, and that's really disheartening and it, it, it causes us to feel disengaged. So I think for the most part, people really take to it. They find it really compelling. Um, there are some people out in the world who are really sort of um, kind of adrenaline junkies, right? They love that um, fast paced, like busy, busy, busy all day, you know, switching, switching, everything is, is different all the time. It feels really exciting. Um, and I would say if that works for you, that that's one thing, but I think, you know, you might want to check your blood pressure and talk to your family and, you know, see if that's really working for you the way that you think it is.
0: So what's the biggest lesson then in the last couple of years, now that most people have made this transition over to digital, what's the biggest lesson that you've learned personally about productivity and attention management?
1: That is a great question. I think it is that we have forgotten as a society, I think, that our technology exists for our convenience, right? We bought our devices for ourselves, not so everyone in the world can interrupt us all the time, (laughs) right? And... You know, the fact that we are losing sight of that, that it's there for us and not for everybody else, combined with the fact that technology is getting so much better at stealing our attention on purpose, right? That's that's by design. Um, those two things are really combining to put us in this place where the most important thing I've learned is that we have to get control of our technology. We, as much as technology, I'm not, I'm not a Luddite by any stretch of the imagination. I love my technology. But... You know, as much as technology is often the problem, often it's also the solution, right? These great apps that help you to um eliminate distractions and there's airplane mode and there's um you know, I mean your technology has an off button, right? Most many people What?
0: What are you talking about? I can turn my phone off.
1: Most people don't may may not even know where it is but it has one um but if you feel like you can't turn it off there's still do not disturb or airplane mode and i'm not saying that people should go off the grid for hours at a time i'm just saying that you should i mean check your phone and check your notifications as often as you feel is necessary but do it in between other things not during other things and then your productivity will improve so controlling your technology controlling taking control of that technology is the biggest lesson
0: So I've got a couple more questions for you, and I want to wrap up talking about the book. But first, I have to thank the sponsor of my episode. So this episode is brought to you by Podfly Productions. Podfly does all the heavy lifting and the technical work so that you can focus on creating great content and interviewing cool guests on your podcast, like Mara Thomas. If you want to start a podcast, and I know that a lot of the listeners of this show would like to have their own podcast, I encourage you to jump over to podfly.net slash cool things and check out the offer that they have for the listeners of this show. So Maura, as we wrap up this interview, how does it feel? First of all, I mean, this is your fourth book? Third book. How does it feel when the box of books arrives and you cut it open and you get to hold the book for the first time?
1: It feels so great, and you know what's so awesome? Um, Source Books is the publisher of this book, and they sent a nice little letter in the box saying, "Congratulations! Relish this moment. All your hard work has paid off, and now it's hol- held in your hand." and um, And that is how I feel. I'm I'm really proud of this work th- of this book. When I read it the last for the last time before it went to the publisher, I put it down and I looked at my husband and I said this is a really good book. (laughs) I'm really proud of it. So I'm excited for people to read it.
0: So if someone buys the book, what's the one thing you hope, I mean, there's so much as I, as I leaf through it, there's so much information here, but what's that one little thing that you hope everybody
1: walks away with? The feeling of empowerment. It, we can often feel like we are at the mercy of our environment, at the mercy of our technology, at the mercy of the, the, The high expectations and the constantly distracted world that we live in, and really, it doesn't have to be that way. You can become empowered over your attention, over your technology, over your ability to live a life of choice rather than a life of reaction and distraction.
0: That's awesome. So, where can people get the book?
1: Anywhere books are sold. (laughs) Um, yeah, it's available, it'll be, it'll ship. You can pre order now. Um, I hope you do. If you pre order, send your receipts um, to me via my website, and I will get you on the list to receive all kinds of um, free supplemental material, including the audiobook. Um, but the book will start to ship in early September.
0: That is awesome. And if somebody's listening to this and they're like, oh my gosh, my company suffers from a lack of of attention management, and they're going to go out and buy a copy of the book for everybody, but they realize that the book only takes them so far. They really need to have a speaker come in or have you come in and do a full workshop. How do people find Mara Thomas?
1: Marathomas.com. Thanks for asking. And there's uh, there's information about all my trainings, all of my other books. And I should should mention, I publish under Mara Neville Thomas. So if you're looking that you might be confused, that's still me. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, thank you so much for being a guest again on Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do.
1: Thanks for having me. It was a pleasure, Tom. No,
0: And thank you so much for this book. And I tell you what, I'm expecting big things out of attention management. I'm, I'm expecting to see this book go boom to the sky. So thank you so much for tuning in. I say it every time. If it wasn't for the audience, we wouldn't have a show. So run out now and buy Attention Management by Mora Neville Thomas. You want to make sure that you read that book. If you like the book, uh, make sure that you let Maura know. Go ahead and reach out to her. You can also reach out to me if this interview touched you my favorite thing is when I get an email or a tweet from somebody saying wow that last episode was the one that made me pull the car over and take notes somebody actually emailed me that the other day and I was like that's awesome I hope you didn't do it in traffic but still that's all I hope you actually got off the freeway but that is so awesome Uh, I love it when people communicate you can find us on Facebook at cool power cool things entrepreneurs do on Twitter at cool podcast because let's face it it's the cool podcast and you can find me all over the social medias at Tom singer TH H-O-M-S-I-N-G-E-R. We're going to be back in a couple of days with an interview with somebody just as cool as Mora. I know you're thinking, what? Where will you ever find anybody as cool as Mora?" But we do it every single week. But in the meantime, go out there and try something new. And while you're at it, have a great day.